Hi everyone. Welcome back. Episode nine. Nine. Of the old Warlock podcast. Yes. The exciting thing. Um, it was a goal of mine. Well, like four, three, four years ago, to start a sports podcast with some friends of mine. Oh, that's right. I forgot and about during that. our research about podcasting, yes. we realized that the average for podcasts is seven episodes. It's what most get to before they peter you out. Mentioned, I think you mentioned that in the last podcast. I think I did, but I just would like to iterate to our listeners that we've accomplished a great thing here. You've moved on. We are past average. We are we are above average. We are in above the average in world. the podcasting world. Yes. Yes. Um, but. In more upsetting news, I did try and figure out what our podcast is ranked in Apple Podcasts. Why would you do that? My <laughs> curiosity. And they don't even have That's data just for depressing. it. We're not on the I mean, list. No. No. We may as well not even exist. That's very hurtful for you to say that. But I'm sorry. I mean, the, in the overall to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, okay, world, stay no, with me. We don't listen, exist. listen, most of our views do come, or listens, air quotes, do come from YouTube. So they're not counted. This is a good point. That's true. We'd probably be somewhere in the top 10,000 if they did. No way. I bet we would. No way. Yeah, there can't be more no. than 11,000 podcasts. Well, right. I'll bet there are quite a few more than 11,000. You're probably right. <laughs> but, hi everybody. Hope springs eternal, as they say. Hope springs eternal, Baldrick. This right. is episode nine of the Old Warlock Podcast. We've already said that. I'm saying it again. You know this what you're is- doing there? what you're reiterating there it is he has an issue with the word iteration hey hey iterating actually re actually you know who taught me that you did bill it was you bill doesn't listen to our podcast he probably doesn't so you might never see this but if you so, do you'd you'd be famous you are the reason that m- my friend marcus and i both don't say reiterate we say iterate is because of your vocabulary lists so senior year you had success there bill well done as a teacher (laughs) that you traumatized me from ever watching et again yeah probably shouldn't go into that no i I think we did go into that once actually we we may have we did talk about that yes we did talk about that yeah but uh it's enough about us it was way past enough about us yeah four episodes ago (laughs) so but today we actually have very exciting news for we, you guys. Well, and we have, we're, you know, we, this is our directionless banter, which some of you have espoused. Espoused? Sure. sure. That wasn't Why on not? the vocab list. No. <laughs> which, which some of you have shown a dislike for. Not some of you. Probably those people are no longer watching yeah. the podcast. But I got to be honest, if you don't like the directionless banner... You probably shouldn't be here. Yeah, that's really, that's true. I yeah. mean, we enjoy the directionless banner. It's, it's all hits for us. Yeah. You know, we do a lot of this just for us. This is what it sounds so. like every day. It kind of is, yeah. actually, yeah. But anyway, back on track. We actually got something you sent just, to you us. You just blew out the speakers again. Recently. I'm Everybody sorry. Drained. I'm sorry. See, bad warlock is out there destroying people's car stereo systems I again. Know. I know. If I ruined any of your I, car stereo systems, I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry because that's an admission of guilt. I would like to express my condolences to your car speakers. That doesn't help the people who without have accepting car systems. <sighs> anyway, we're off to a good start. Um, we are. We are rolling. Sorry, go ahead. But we did get something sent to us very recently. Uh, from yes, we did. Our good friends. I'm gonna pull this. Over. This this is actually really cool. Towerhousecreative.com. Uh, it is. It's called the Fate Mill, 
a D20 to spark your imagination. This is actually a very interesting product. It is. And um, something I did want to say, though, is that we are happy to talk about people's creations. We are, yes. Very but happy, actually. The, the one thing we probably will not do is talk about people's fiction. No. No. Just because that's really subjective. It is. Everybody has their own taste. And so I wouldn't want to be giving my opinions, either positive or negative, about someone's fiction writing when that, I just don't think that's fair. No. And there are a lot of people out there with a lot of very good fiction and our opinions on whether or not is good. Don't matter. Yeah. We, you know, we like a specific, I have different interests from him. He has different interests from me. It's all, like you said, it's subjective. Um, That's not to say that we wouldn't want you to send it to us. Yeah, if you want to send it to us, we'll absolutely read it and we'll, we will always appreciate anything that you guys send to us. We'd love to have comment, you know, know, talk to you about what we think about it, but we will not be presenting things like fiction, you know, any kind of writing, you know, creative writing. We, no. won't be, we won't be covering that on the channel. No, just, unless just you, so you are know. one of J.R.R. Tolkien's children, then we will make an exception. Well, if I doubt if we'd even do that. I would. Okay, fine. Yeah, but that's it. But if you do have something interesting that you, your company, um, some kind of game item, something Dungeons & Dragons adjacent that you'd like to send us and have us take a look at, we are always happy to take a look yeah. at it. And uh, that's, what ha- that's yeah. what's happened here. Absolutely. Uh, so again... Circling back around, thank you to Tower House Creative and the people over there. Elton, in particular, was the one that we interacted with. And again, it is called the Fate Mill, a D20 to spark your imagination. This is, a, again, very. it's a unique item, I would say. It's something I've never this, seen this anything is, quite this like is, this, this before. This is very different, yeah. Uh, it's basically a D20 with improv prompts on it. Uh, so they go all the way from things like no and, yes and, yes and, and, yes but, no, uh maybe and uh so basically what we get out of it is that if you're kind of stuck in your description for something particularly as a dungeon master or a game master then you need some sort of you know you're in a hallway is the example that they give you're stuck somewhere and you need some kind of description of where you are what's going on what the players are experiencing anything like that you can roll this die and you can base what's going on off of that so we could just read. Yeah, maybe I was going to say let's let's read some of the examples here because um, I've actually come up with a couple of cool ways to use this. Okay, but anyway, like Alexander was saying, you this is just a big honking twenty sided die, and those of you who probably are our normal watchers, you know what big honking means. Um, Large, because your your generation wouldn't use big honking. I do. Do you? Well, that's because you have been listening to me say it for the past twenty years, twenty two years, but big. 20-sided die, you you want to, and I think that really comes down to you, I think that Tower House Creative is trying to make it so that you have a vehicle to make things more random if you decide to do that. Yes. So you roll the die in a, in a situation, and they, they have it here. Um, the question that you would ask, can I see anything down the hallway? So anyway, go ahead and roll. Let's see, we've got a number, kind of number we're getting. Okay, it, they got a nine. Maybe, and but. Maybe, but. And that's literally what's printed on the die. Maybe, comma, but. Don't know if you can see that. And we don't have the technological ability to Check. zero in on it. Yeah. But, maybe, I'm sorry, not but, maybe, but. Number nine, maybe, but. Maybe you aren't in a good position to tell, but you smell something. So that's the random answer that you would get back from the DM when you ask the question, can I see anything down the hallway? Maybe. You aren't in a good position to tell, but you smell something. Yes. So, th- and there, there are all there's quite a few different 
answers that can come about depending on the role that you get. Yeah. One thing that I thought about as far as this would be, a place that I thought that this would fit in well is when people decided to visit an oracle. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. And, yeah, because oracles, as far as I'm concerned, or or maybe it's you know, some other sort of mystical... Fortune teller type. Or, exactly. Yeah. To me, this would work perfectly because, as far as I'm concerned, an oracle should be mysterious. It should not be straightforward. It should be something that answers your question kind of, but then doesn't answer your question and leaves more questions like, after the question yeah, is like asked. Yeah, like tarot cards. you got to right. interpret it a little bit. So I think that this would be an excellent application for an oracle. I think it would, too. Any sort of something like that I think it would be great uh, but then also just in general if you're a DM and if you're maybe maybe you're improving a dungeon you're coming up with something completely on the fly which is something that a lot of dungeon masters have had to do before sure this is a great item to have to have for that um, if you're not able to think of something on the spot you can roll dice behind the screen which is always a good idea scare the players a little bit and it can just maybe inspire you to kind of come up with some sort of response to whatever their question may be and, and they write here in the in the fate mill instructions and really it just again it comes like this. Um, it says, really, there is no wrong way to use the D20. The goal is to keep adventures moving and to provide on-the-spot inspiration. There you go. So, anyway, I thought I thought this was interesting. And when this was sent to us by Elton of Tower House Creative, he sent us... Another one. An extra one. And that brings us to really the focus of what we're going to be saying here. We very much appreciate the product. We like the product. Thank you to Elton and everybody at Tower House Creative. But this is the second ever old warlock giveaway that's right did we have another one yeah remember we gave away the photo oh oh so we did two two years ago so we, we did. gave away the signed photo that's very true uh but second ever old warlock giveaway and this one's going to be a little bit different um yes if you are yes. listening if you are watching and, and uh, before we go i do want to say we're offering this only to our podcast viewers Yes. Because we have determined through analytics that you're the ones who like us. You're the ones who really enjoy what we do. Yeah, you three, so, four hundred people, you're the ones who keep coming back. I thought you were going to say three or four. You three or four people. Yeah. yeah. But you're the ones that seem to be returning. So we're offering this only to our podcast. To you Although exclusively. If, if word gets out, we'll take anything. Well, yeah, but you have to do this on the YouTube video. Yes. We should probably say that specifically. Um on the YouTube video for podcast number nine, the one that you're listening to right now, right. Uh, we are going to just have you guys. Actually, no, I'm mistaken about this. No, you're, yeah, you're heading down the wrong path there. Sorry. Here, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, this is actually what we're going to do. Scratch everything. We're going to give this away. We are. We to one of that? you guys. To one of you. And we will just mail it to you. Um, but what you will need to do in order to win it is you're going to have to send us a one page dungeon. Yes. We, out of all the one-page dungeons that we receive, we will choose one. I think randomly. Yeah, I would say. I Since, would say because randomly. again, it's you know so much of that is subjective too. But we will yeah. choose a random one-page dungeon out of those that we receive by January first. Sure. And if you are chosen, you will receive a free fate mail by Tower House Creative, and. We will use your one-page dungeon, and we will discuss it on the podcast. We absolutely will. To specify what a one-page dungeon is, we mean you get one eight and a half eleven by sheet of graph paper, essentially, or or any piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think I would. It's go, kind of the, I would is, go is the max graph paper. eight and a half by eleven. Yes, inch page of graph sheet paper. Um, 
on yep. that, on one side of it, you are going to draw out a dungeon that can be as large within the confines of that, as small, as detailed, weird, funny, dangerous, scary dungeon as you want to create. Make it the most extravagant thing you can think of. Do whatever you want. Uh, it could be something that already exists. You can make it specifically for this. We just want to see some of your guys' creativity. creativity yeah. So come up with a one page, again, one side of an eight and a half, 11 by sheet of graph paper, and send it to us, send a scan of it, send a picture of it, uh, something like that, to us at... Uh, officialoldwarlock at gmail.com. Officialoldwarlock at gmail.com. We'll include that down below so you guys can do it. Uh, if you need to contact us through the website as well, you can find it through there. But right. find, create something uh, on that one piece of paper, send it to and, us. And all of the descriptive material, did we cover this? All the descriptive yes. material needs to be on that same side of that yeah. eight and a half by 11 page. Yeah. Um, you can be as detailed as you want. You can have as little detail as you want. You can make one room and ha have just a have a duck th right in the exactly, middle. Exactly, and maybe that's your one-page dungeon. The and duck of doom. We, since we are doing this randomly. Yeah. But, oh, um, one thing I want to throw in, though, when you submit your one-page dungeon, please know that you are transferring ownership of it to us. We don't plan on making money off of it. No, but for like legal that. reasons, I, we can't have anybody coming back and saying, well, I gave this dungeon to you you owe us some money from your podcast because you used it. So when yeah. you send the, the, just understand when you send the, there's the a one page dungeon into us, this is our legal statement. It becomes the property of the old warlock LLC. So and we so can you discuss know. it. And yeah. yeah. But doesn't mean not, you can't use it. Just, we can talk about it. We can that's what we want to do. Yeah. Um, but yes, submit that one-page dungeon to us at that email. Again, it's going to be officialoldwarlock at gmail.com. Just with a first name, something like that. Well, we'll need your address as well if you if you end up being the winner. Uh, and we will send you this lovely product sent to us by Howard Tower House Creative. Howard House. Howard House. Howard House. Very nice. Very nice. Howard House creates it. Yeah. <laughs> Tower House Creative. It can be yours for the low, low price of one-page dungeon. Yeah. And again, we just want to see your creativity. Anyway. Absolutely. We anyway, that's that's the thing that we re recently received in the mail. If you have similar products that you would like us to take a look at, send them on over. Send them on over. And that's not to say that everything will be talked about. If we um, find a reason where we where we're not going to want to talk about it, we won't. If there's not enough time, we won't be able to talk about it. But you never know. Yeah, who's to say? We've talked about things that people have sent us before. This so, is true. Yeah. Anyway, moving anyway, on. moving on to the next. Uh, thing we're going to change this podcast up a little bit we're going to do things in a little bit different of an order and we're going to start off by looking at a random magical item i yes. believe i did the magical item last time would you like to do it this time? i would love to Get I'm, I'm going to do this and you know what i'm going to throw in too just because because i know you're watching the clock and i do don't it care. i'm going to do two all right because that's what I, that's how i am yeah may as well you only live once not in D D. that's true or in hinduism Anyway, anyway. <laughs> I'm going to open up the book randomly and point to a random item like this. Well, this is odd. Hmm. Okay. This is... <laughs> these are um, balls. Most magical balls are similar to crystal balls and measure from one to five feet in diameter. The balls may be clear, opaque... Or of one of uh, or of one or more colors. Most are crystal or glass, but stone, wood, and other materials have been used to create magical balls. And the one that I chose out of the Encyclopedia Magic of Volume One, volume page one forty nine, is the cue ball, which has a gold piece value of six thousand. So this must be pretty special. It's a lot of cash. 
uh, comes from the Book of Marvelous Magic. This ball looks exactly like a crystal ball, but no images appear in it, and it may look useless. You are, seems to me like you want to read this with me. Mm-hmm. If carried, however, it can offer advice. Whenever the user is in doubt as to a decision of any kind, the cue ball speaks in a language known to the user, offering its opinion as to the best course of action. The cue ball always has an opinion if asked for advice, though its opinion is entirely random. If a random choice is the only one possible, such as the direction to take at an unexpected intersection, did that make sense? Yes. Um, This ball, I'm going to read that sentence again. The cue ball always has an opinion if asked for advice. Though its opinion is entirely random, if a random choice is the only one possible, such as the direction to take at an unexpected intersection. Mind is going here. This ball operates by using ESP on the mind of the user, brilliantly analyzing and applying all the user's knowledge to arrive at its opinion. The cue ball can offer only three opinions per day. So not not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. I still kind of like it, though. It's, it's not bad. I especially like the fact that if it's random, it just passionately gives you an opinion about no, something. No, no, go left, go left. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. No, that's kind of cool. I kind of like it. One more real quick here. Fun magical item. Okay. This is a... This is from the Dungeons and Dragons Rules Cyclopedia. You second editioners should be real familiar with that. This is the what is this? Oh, is it's this a the dart? dart? Yeah. This is a dart of flying. Uh, experience points value two hundred, gold piece value six hundred. This dart can be fired at ranges five times greater than normal. Wow. If the missile weapon firing this dart is also magical and has an additional range multiplier, the effect is cumulative. Multiply each maximum range by five. If the missile weapon is not magical, use the maximum ranges. So it's just a long just distance. Just a powerful dart. Yeah, just a powerful dart. Yeah. So okay. Not as cool as the cue ball. Not, I like the cue ball. Better. I like the cue ball quite yeah. a bit. Cue ball's cool. Very cool. What's now, next? Um, quite a few of you guys, actually a lot of you, recently have been asking to hear more about uh, his world and what he does in it and what our experiences and adventures are that we have yes. in it. So what we want yes. to start doing is maybe every podcast, maybe not every podcast, every once in a while, we will have a new little segment here where we have him talk about one aspect of his world and something that goes on within it. Jim's world. Jim's world. Jim's world. Jim's world. It's a weird movie. It's very strange. Yeah. Um. Yes, and and I I'm, I was actually kind of flattered that people were interested in hearing more about my campaign. It's kind of tough to talk about though, because it has been in creation for forty over forty years now. It's big. So, um, we thought that I would just <laughs> very big. <laughs> he's he's been in like ten percent of it. So, um, but I thought we would just talk about different segments that I'm either that I either really like or that I'm working on at the moment because I'm constantly revising this and changing it to, to fit uh, new ways of looking at this. Yeah, it's kind of in the middle of a large overhaul. Major right overhaul now. right now. And I'm not going to go into detail about that today. What I'm going to talk, well, part of it I'm going to go into, and mm. that is I'm going to discuss elves. 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 Uh, I am a big fan of having elves in my campaign. This is because, in fact, for those of you who follow us at all, you know that we're big fans of Lord of the Rings. And a we lot are. of my concept for elves comes straight out of Lord of the Rings. Mm. Um, in fact, I'm, le- I'm rereading Lord of the Rings at the moment. Well, not right now, but it's my it's my bedtime reading. Um, because I it's been probably six years plus since yeah. I last read it. So that's kind of got me. That kickstarted me into thinking, all right, I got to revisit my elves again. So what I have done with 
elves in my campaign. You have wood elves, you have high elves. Uh, I also have snow elves. Mm. Um, we've got gray elves. We've got the drow. A lot of you call it drow. I prefer drow. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I've been working on most recently are wild elves, which are like wood elves, mm. and the snow elves. Mm. Now, snow elves, um, they're just kind of like the other more close, closely tied to nature elves that I have. My wood elves have very special abilities. Um, as you know, most of you probably have applied this in the past. Elves can move silently; they can't, or move next to silently. Uh, they're hard to see, things like that. But my wood elves are just a few steps beyond that. Mm. But they also they're they're less reliant on the use of magic, and they're more reliant on the use of the technology that they've devo- evolved and or created or um, developed developed perhaps. is probably the better term but and it's not i'm not talking technology as in you know metal metal longbows or anything like that it's more the use of natural materials to make arrows fly farther mm. so knowing which feathers to attach as fletching um knowing better uh stone to cuz they and, my world elves do use uh, stone arrowheads uh, using particular types of stone that aid them in their flight and penetrate deeper. Mm-hmm. So they get, they get uh, pluses to their longbows. They get more damage to their longbows, things like that. Um, and as you would probably expect, snow elves, which is one of my, it's something that's existed in my world since the very beginning, but I haven't really developed them too much because no one's ever gone to where, to where snow the, yeah. elves live. That's changing for a variety of reasons that you, that folks who follow the podcast and the channel will get to, will become, they'll be able to understand that more um, in the next month or so. Yeah. Why I'm developing that. But I've been spending a lot of time developing what special nature related things snow elves have as their abilities. And I think it's going to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. But we're looking at abilities to travel through snow at a faster rate and my goal is to make it so that some of these elves have decided to move away from where the snow elves normally live and some of the technology that they have developed uh, some of the knowledge of the technology that they've developed i want that to be available to other people player characters us uh moving forward so that they can um use this this these inventions in a in a new and exciting way that, right? Sorry, in, in a new and exciting way that I probably haven't even predicted yet. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do: is take things, develop them within one of the cultures in my world, and then toss it to the player characters and see where they run with it. Yeah. And so I'm kind of excited to do that with the snow elves. Why do the snow? Why are the snow elves who they are? Uh, there's they live in a place. Wait for this creative title. They live in a place called the Snowy Isle. And Who'd have thought? Yeah. Right. It's I was thinking of going with, you know, the Sunny Isle, but I just, mm. it just didn't seem to fit. Yeah. But um to me a lot of this is just adaptations of these different humanoid groups to whatever environment they've lived in for the past X hundred or thousands of years. Yeah. And so that's that's something that I've been focused on for a long time, and that's something I've really been getting back to recently, again, because of some of the projects we have in the works. Yeah. Questions? No, none for me, personally. I mean, I, I've interacted with elves 
pretty on a pretty limited basis actually within your world just because of where I've gone and the things that I've done. This is this is true. Um, this is true. It's just a few select times that I've actually interacted with them and it's it's primarily been with wild elves and the forests. And it it's a cool dynamic um that's very different from Lord of the Rings Legolas type elves and even the wood elves in that. It's it's very very different from that. Um I I do have there's also the high elves um which they have they've detached themselves largely from the more wild their more wild brethren a little more elrond kind of elf a little more elrondish and they but there's also just you know kind of a a standard surf class of high elves as well mm-hmm. but uh, in fact they have they've established one of the working countries it's you know 90% elves just through a variety of historic circumstances and that's one of the four major countries that you've developed you've you that you have worked in over the yeah. years you haven't you personally haven't spent that much time in there but a lot I think of I've been there have. once technically yeah. but over the years it's happened yeah. you know, a lot of people have been there absolutely but um to me elves are one of the cool things to be developing but I've subdivided and subdivided and subdivided them into different offshoots just to make just to add flavor to any particular part of my world that you end up going to, yeah. you'll have an understanding of the elves that live there, but they're not going to be the same kettle of fish that you have dealt with in other areas of my campaign. Yes. So uh, just, just keep some, keep some interesting. You're not going to run into the same type of elf everywhere you go. No, which is exciting. And I like having that variety. Um, that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't want to go. I could go on for another hour on this, but you know, we have limited time in the podcast. But just so you know, um, working a lot with elves at this point in time. If you have questions about how I use my elves, let me know. Send me, you know, contact me. I'm always happy to talk about myself. And we'd like to hear about how you guys use elves as well. Exactly for comparative purposes. So That's comment right. that down below. That's right. Up next on the Old Warlock Podcast, episode nine, we have. Gamma World. Gamma World. So, one of the other things that I have been doing here recently Mm -hmm. is I have been reviewing the original Gamma World rules, or at least the very, very early Gamma World rules, um, because I plan on starting a campaign. I think I've mentioned this in previous podcasts. I think last time we talked about this a little bit. But I picked up off of DriveThruRPG a print-on-demand copy of the original rules, and reading through this, I am getting back to the point of understanding why I loved this game when it first came out. Mm-hmm. The first time I played this, the I, sorry if I'm repeating myself, this game was picked up by my friend John back in probably. I'm gonna Hi, John. See, I'm going to see. Yeah, he, and he he's a religious watcher of the show. So yeah, uh, John, I think you picked this up in 1980, maybe. Um. And I fell in love with this game then. We only played it a couple of times, which always disappointed me because this is actually such a fun game. Some of the things that I've, I'm remembering about this, and for those of you who have played, who play Gamma World or have played Gamma World, I'm um, sorry if this is repeating itself, but some people probably have not. There are, it's basically post-apocalypse uh, campaign, and the world is kind of devolved to the point where there is, you know, the pursuit of technology. And, and like you had mentioned in the previous podcast, it's um, Fallout. Very Fallout, yeah. And so you go to places where there used to be technology. There are robots protecting it. There are humanoids. The The cool thing about this, though, is there are 
ways that you can develop your character. You can be a you can be a pure strain human where who has not been affected by mutations. But then you can also be one of the beings that has been affected by mutations. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you when you're developing your character, it basically it's kind of like developing a a um D&D character, but you also roll for, for mutations. And there is a you roll a uh, percentile and you can get um one of your mutations can mean that you have heightened strength. You can have multiple body parts. You can have oversized body parts. You can have a partial carapace. You can have quills and spines, radiated eyes. You can regenerate. You can do. You can have ultravision. You can have all kinds of different cool things that you can use in the course of the adventure. But you also have defects. And so those things are going to end up causing you some problems in the long run as well. So there's mental defenselessness. There's complete mental block. There's anti-reflection for uh, defects but all of these things combined end up making an extremely unique character yeah that when you party that's a bad term i don't want when you party with five others when you have five or five or so other people in your party Mm -hmm. and you go out on your adventure everybody has their own unique set of characteristics it's not quite the same as you oh i'm a magic user i'm a cleric i'm a thief it is no. I have three arms, or you know, no. I can mentally blast you and, and fry your brain from the inside out. The, these characters are so totally unique. You just never know how things are going to end up going. Yeah, and I like that because even I I, I like the defects as well. Yes, because definitely, like you can take, like we, we've kind of talked about this a little bit with Dungeons and Dragons before. If you're a gnome or if you're a halfling or something like that, like you might not be able to lift the highest the heaviest thing or run the fastest or something like that but you can use the other aspects of yourself to still have an interesting character and to be able to do creative things if you use them right so defects are just a part of the character and that doesn't make it any less fun to play it just makes it more interesting because you have to role play you have to lean into the role playing aspect a little bit more and i i think that that's one of the reasons why i really like this yeah because you do have to lean into it you have to embrace the fact that you are not perfect in every way yeah. you're, you're not there trying to maximize your character what you're doing is you're taking the character you've been given and you're maximizing what it can do even though there are many things it can't and exactly that's, that's the cool thing about this just like game. just like people are in real life nobody can do everything right so no character should be able to do everything but there there are tons of things in here that they they really did a good job i think in this very early version of describing what kind of armor class you're going to end up having uh, you can go from no protection at all to a shield only to furs and skins all the way up to powered attack and assault armor. You also have lots of different weapons and the weapon, the combat system works a little bit different. And the, the I guess the hit point system also works differently. But in a way, I, I actually somewhat prefer this. And it, it very, very closely mirrors the way we do D&D. Does it? Yeah. In terms of, you know, you're not going to end up having 150 hit points for your character. Mm you have X number of hit points that you have to manipulate and work with, and you're not going to be leveling up in quite the same way. Yes, and side note, I would just like to point out that I love this picture. <laughs> this, If you guys can see that. So you can see that these rabbits have decided to arm themselves and go on the offensive rather than just be continually you know, hiding under bushes. Uh, I hope that you can see that. If not, I will throw it up on the I screen. I just looked for over, and that's, that's podcast that was very unexpected. But, uh, again, it's it's just a really well-thought-out... Um, Gaming experience. Uh, well, RPG experience. Yeah. And they have no end of mutated plants that you can encounter and mutated uh, 
animals that you can encounter. Mm-hmm. And I got to say that this is a deadly game. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's not something that you're going to go into with if you if you want to have a character that survives every every time you play and you end up uh, going up in in power exponentially each time you get together with your crew. This is probably not going to happen because this is a tough thing. If you, if you play it according to the way the rules are laid out, this is a tough game to survive in, mm. which is why I like it. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It, it seems like a lot of these games that you started to collect, which we've talked about the other um, TSR role playing games, things right. like that. He started right. to collect. It seems like there's kind of that aspect to it of a little bit more danger, a little bit more. You have to think things through, and it's not necessarily all combat oriented. Right. It's a lot more role playing oriented, right. which I'm that, very much excited to kind of dive into more. Well, and I, that's just kind of the that's just kind of the concept from the early forms of RPG. Yeah, you know. It was, you're not killing everything. You're not killing everything, and it was it was a it was almost and th- this just hails from um, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson and all these other guys who were um, not before they were role players. They were tabletop war gamers, and it was all about overcoming obstacles. And then this whole, as far as I'm concerned, from what I've observed the whole idea of raising the level of your character was like an afterthought. Yeah. This was a series of obstacles. You know, in the early days, it was a series of obstacles to overcome. It was deadly, and your survival was what it was all about. Mm-hmm. And that survival is perfectly mirrored in early wargaming. Mm, so, yeah. you know, there wasn't a, you know, it was, it was a either-or type thing. Yeah, right? making it to the next campaign was, or the next day of playing was what was exciting. Right. Not anything else. Right. And but in the early days you you know, one person won, one person lost. Yeah. And you can you can accepting get the, loss is something that maybe they leaned into a little more. I, I think that it was. but anyway, um one of the interesting things about this, and I will hold this up and if it doesn't come through, I will we will show it on the screen. They have a matrix here for figuring out how ancient technology worked. So, you know, you pick up your blaster pistol and there's actually a chart here that you have to roll dice to find your way through to see if you can figure out how it works. So it's not just picking it up and going, oh, I pull the trigger and you know point it and it, it's going to go off. No, you have to figure out how the thing is going to work. That, of course, is all predicated on whether, you know, on how intelligent you are, what mm. your wisdom is, mm-hmm. you know, how well you have the ability to figure these kinds of things out. But as you can see, um, there are different matrices that you have to make your way through and you have to try them again and again and again if you keep failing until you can figure out how something works. But this all takes time. If you keep track of the time, it could take you weeks as a character to yeah. figure out how something works, which I really like uh, the way they've reflected that in the game. Yeah. That time is time is important. Time is significant and making it not real necessarily, but adding an aspect of reality into the gaming. Right. To make accomplishments seem like a bigger deal when you do accomplish something. But it's a, it, it's a great game, and I'm really looking forward to getting a, a campaign rolling on this. Uh, they, they also have suggestions in here of different um, factions that you have to work with or work against. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they've got a lot of things. You could jump right into this and start playing. And the way that it's laid out, it's also easy to expand it however you want to end up expanding. Yeah. So. Yeah. So not just this, but also the other games that you've got. Boot Hill, Gangbusters, Top Secret. I'm excited to dive more into Yeah, and we'll be getting more in-depth in some of those. All of these. We also, we're talking about looking at Call of Cthulhu a little bit more. So yes, if sir. you guys have any advice on that, we'd love to hear that. Yes. we, we In fact, we and that's something else we've discussed in the past, but 
Um, the time has just gotten away from us to do that, but we we need to lean more into. I like I like using that phrase. We need to lean more into Call of Cthulhu as well. Yes, absolutely. Because I love the Cthulhu setting. I think it's very cool. We've right. I think we've talked about that before. Yes, but how unfortunately, much, how, much, how much time have we been spending on this so far? Uh, we are at somewhere around forty minutes. I uh, want to say. I I can I can really talk. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes. That's why we're here. That's true. That's what we're supposed to do. So I think that we are going to close it out with a. Wizard spell, a magical yes. spell, out of Volume One of the Wizard Spell Compendium. We thought with, we we decided to go with a Volume One, Volume One setup today. But well, you decided to do that. I did. I speak for us both. So a random spell. Here we go. Hold on. Oh, for Pete's sake. Wait a minute. You didn't. You're not doing random. You just no, broke the I, random. No, I, I, it was still random. I just had to turn back to where it started. Oh, sure. Yeah. I caught you is the problem. Today's random spell. It's the bad warlock. Is the, darn tootin' I am, is the Conjure Greater Elemental. Oh, nice. Interesting. The spell allows the caster to summon a single greater elemental from an elemental plane. The Conjure Greater Elemental spell is actually four spells, each of which must be learned separately. Wow. The wizard can conjure an air, earth, fire, or water elemental with this spell, assuming he or she has the proper version memorized and material component for the particular elemental. The power of the Conjured Greater Elemental depends on the level of the caster. Only one greater elemental can be conjured in a day. Then it goes on to give some of the specifics of... The nature of the elementals. Wow. Um, so we're talking earth, air, fire, and water. Basically, yeah. Right. Uh, okay, the material component of the spell, besides a great quantity of the element at hand, is a small amount of each one of the following. Air elemental, burning incense. Earth elemental, soft clay. Fire elemental, sulfur and phosphorus. Water elemental is water and sand. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I'd love to be able to cast that kind of a spell. It'd be nice to be able to just... Get in a fight, crank one of those bad boys out, and have a fire elemental. Although I have in. to imagine that's a fairly lengthy spell. It probably is. It does. Casting time is one turn, so that's so it takes, takes, not takes a little while. You can't just sit down and do it real quick. But it's not bad. No, not bad. But yeah, interesting. Not 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 too spicy of spells or magical items today. Kind of keeping it simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a shame. It's part of the problem of choosing volume one of both of the compendiums. This is true. It is. But yeah. Um, be sure to send us your one-page dungeons. We're very much excited to actually see them. We yes. want to see what you guys can come yes. up with and the creativity yeah. you guys have. Uh, but remember, keep in mind, you've only got until... You, you need to have them to us by January 1st. January 1 of 2023. Oh, jeez. Time sure is flying. But yes, send us those dungeons as soon as you get them done, get them completed, and you will be entered in to receive the Fate Mill D20 from Tower House Creative. Thank you so much again to Elton and everybody over there for sending these to us. We very much appreciate it. Yes. If any of you guys have something similar that you would like to send us, feel free. We'd love to take a look at it. Other news? Um, nothing too much that we're going to well, talk about yet. We may have the Christmas special. Yes, that. But We will talk about that. We've put that off so long, I'm worried that we're not going to get it out in time. I think that we are going to get it out in time, the Christmas special. That will be a little, it'll at least be out before Christmas. We're going to, basically what we did last year, have some gift ideas, things like that. Some thank yous to all of, your, to all of you guys out there saying thank you to you guys. Um, hopefully we'll have that done at least before Christmas. Uh, might not be able to get some of the stuff ordered in time, True. depending on what we choose. It'll be a post-Christmas shopping list. Yeah, for any of you who have friends who play Dungeons and Dragons with birthdays in the early months of the year. You know, well, I was thinking that this is these are the gifts that you buy yourself 
because you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas. There it is. Yeah. If you got a gift card, these are what you can spend. Yeah, money there on. you go. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully we'll have that done here within the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then I, we've been discussing having the holiday live stream. We're still figuring out the technology for that. We are still working on. Because we're clueless. We're still working on picking out a date on which to do that. So we don't have any specifics yet. But the live stream will likely be within the week before Christmas yes. is what yes. I can say. That's kind of what it, I think that's that's where we're headed. Yeah. So keep your eyes open for that. We'll once we do decide on when that's going to be done, we're going to start talking about that constantly to make sure it gets to everybody who wants to who wants to be there. So yeah, hopefully that'll be fun. Hopefully it actually works, and yeah. hopefully you guys will be willing to not, stop by and say hello. Do not, I repeat, do not hold your breath on it working. On it okay? working perfectly. No, you, there's a good chance because pass if you've out. watched the past few podcast episodes on YouTube, you'll realize that we struggle with this a little, just a little bit, just a touch. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to say one other thing. Go ahead. And that is, I'm just going to mention this phrase. Because we may have something of interest coming that is related to this, and that is Ale Bucks Arcane Emporium. Ale Bucks Arcane Emporium. We've actually, I think we've said that before. And Briefly. I'm just, I'm just bringing it up again, and that's all I'm going to say, but keep, your, keep an eye out for Ale Bucks Arcane Emporium. Please do. There'll be some things from that coming very soon. Anyway, I'm Jim. I'm Alex. Keep your sword off, right? Look at the links below. Bye-bye. Bye.